Mark Adams and welcome to episode 33 of Mark's Mess Podcast with my daughters Charlotte and Catherine. Catherine and Charlotte. Charlotte and Catherine. Catherine and Charlotte. We look at the world of geekery using the alphabet as a guide and this month is the letter X. X for different things. Now we have done the uncanny X-Men in the U one so let's see what we come up with in this one. Uh, if you do want to get in touch with us you can by email. MyMarksMess at gmail.com on Twitter at Mark's Mess Podcast like the team on on our webpage marksmesspodcast.blogspot.com and our Facebook page Mark's Mess Podcast and uh, last month we l- you should actually change your like Twitter thing to can you change your Twitter name I don't know to what Mark's Mess Podcast without the T <laughs> right the reason it doesn't have the T is because it couldn't fit oh, on right. <laughs> right last month we talked about Doctor Who and do you know what happened after we published that podcast what what different people discovered doctor who did you know that ruth and darren sutherland of rad adventures and and trekkertalk.com as well as the irredeemable shag from fire and water podcasts and professor alan and emily from the relatively geeky podcasts they all went to gallifrey one and I believe, I firmly believe, I've got no evidence at all that they only discovered Doctor Who through our podcast last month. Wait, so they hadn't heard, like they hadn't seen it before? That's what I'm believing. And <laughs> Professor Allen decided after our podcast last month, he would do a whole month of podcasts about Doctor Who on his relatively geek- geeky network. And he has February. February? Huh? February. Doctor oh. Who. Okay. Well, he's doing that anyway, so pop along there and have a... Did they have a U in February? What? Did they have a U in the word February? I, I, I don't... They don't have U's in ever, anything. No, it's, it, it, it's... I know why, because it was too cheap. It was like you paid by the letter for newspaper companies to print stuff so they take out letters. Yeah, and also our dictionaries weren't finalised until after America... Uh, started throwing tea in the rivers. So we had uh, Johnson, who did our dictionary, and they had Webster, who did their dictionary. Okay, really, Darn and Ruth and Shag and Alan and Emily are really Doctor Who fans, uh, but I just thought it was quite good they went to Gallifrey one. Uh, Catherine, what have you been watching recently? Doctor Who... Basically, the BBC iPlayer has got all the new Who from the very first Eccleson one right up to date. And Catherine has been watching them all. Uh, you started off with Dr. Ten, where David Tennant. And now you've just today, you've finished... The ninth. The ninth Doctor. I've watched all of the ninth, all of the tenth, most of the eleventh. Most of the 12th and all the 13th. We'll have to get you on to Doctor 1, 2, 3, 4, nah, 5, 6, nah. 7, sure, It's black and white. Sure, the first episode is lost. The first episode isn't lost. Well, one of the episodes is lost. There's quite a few episodes. Around about 100 episodes, I think, are lost. Because what they did, were, were, uh, they didn't keep the recordings. Because they... Just, they destroyed, and the only reason we have them is because they were in other countries, and they, and also people recorded them through various means on the television before video recorders. I don't quite understand it. So everything from the third Doctor up, which is all in color, we do have everything. Okay, other things that we have done today. Where were we? Uh, 
The Dark Hedges. Dark Hedges, which are a very famous place in Northern Ireland. It's around the corner from us. And if you've watched Game of Thrones, you may have seen the 10 seconds it was on screen as the King's Road. But it's a beautiful place. A very natural thing. The trees are starting to fall down for, yeah, for various someone's, reasons. Someone's selling part of it. Yeah, and, and then the bits of trees are getting sold. Other things we watched. Oh, we watched Christopher Robin. We also, uh, for one of our family movie nights, saw uh, Christopher Robin, which was hilarious. It what? wasn't. It was hilarious. It was really good. Do you know what? Do you know what? The quote I have from that movie is, "Come, come along, Pooh, let's get going." That's what I say every morning remember, in the bathroom. I remember when we were in Florida, someone said, "Hey, you're in front of Pooh," because we were taking a photo beside like the Winnie the Pooh like like Benching. characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the UK, when somebody says you're standing uh, in front of Pooh, you usually take it that it's dog poo. The main quote I got was, "I'm hungry." That's literally the only thing I remember of it. But it was a great movie, very charming, a bit like Paddington in that charm that it had. So highly recommended. It might, be, it might be the same creators. I, 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 I don't know. It's kind of the same sort of style. Oh. Kind of the same sort of style because it's like live action with like what, what? toy type thing. Also, the main character's got the same middle name. I no, it's just Paddington Bear. Yeah, I thought it was Paddington the Bear. No, it's not. It's just Paddington, Paddington Bear. Bear. Okay. These immigrants coming in here from Dargis, Peru. Also, uh, last time we asked you to send in any recommendations for movies for us for family nights. Just talking about movies. And our friend Patrick Delmer from uh, Next Generation's First Generation, he came up with a couple of good ones. I'll read them out. Do you want to read them out? Read them out. Uh, do you want to do it one at a time? Okay. The first one you're going to have fun with? The Adventures of Baron Munchuson? Munchausen. Oh. Um, I've never actually seen that myself. It was a movie back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, spectacular storytelling. Very much a British movie. And there's one later on that I have seen that's a bit like it. Next one. Liar, liar. I, liar, liar. That is a Jim Carrey movie, and I remember seeing it in the cinema. I am not a Jim Carrey fan. I sat in the cinema, everybody around me was falling about, laughing in hysterics, and I was going, huh? And usually you're the one who, like, you can hear from miles away. Because I'm such a jolly fellow. Are you saying I'm fat? <laughs> okay, right. Uh, so I think that would be a good one for you, liar, liar. I think you'd enjoy it. I do. Mrs. Doubtfire. Do we like Limitless Doubtfire? Yes. That's one of the ones I showed them in the past couple of years that they actually enjoyed. So, uh, well done there, Patrick. You hit it right. Flubber. Have you guys seen Flubber? No. Like a Disney movie about, um, uh, it's actually a remake of an older movie about a scientist who invents this stuff that's, I don't know if it's sentient or something, but it basically, it's slime. And wow. Well, well, there's a bit more of a story to People it. People do that all the time. Okay, but uh, you might enjoy it. Next one. Hook. Hook. You. Not about Captain Hook. That's about Captain Hook. It's a Peter Pan one. It's definitely worth watching if we can find it. Next one. Matilda. Have you ever watched Matilda? Yes. It's kind of sad if you haven't. I think Matilda's a great movie. Uh, it's a real Dal. movie. But oh, you, you guys have been watching that since you were quite young, so right in the mark there, Patrick. Oh, Next one. Oh, Time Bandits. Time Bandits. I actually have this somewhere in my collection. Time Bandits is great. It's about this uh, boy who falls in with these time-travelling dwarfs 
who go about stealing things. It is a great movie and we are going to watch it sometime. And the last one? The Castaways. The Castaways. I've got no idea what The Castaways is. I, I googled it. Uh, it must be something that's called something different over here. So maybe somebody could let us know. But thank you very much, Patrick. Patrick does the Next Gen, First Gen podcast. 30 years after the Star Trek Next Generation was on TV, they do a commentary of every episode. And in between seasons, they do commentaries on movies from that year. So definitely well worth having a look at. So thank you very much, Patrick. And if you want to hear more about movies, go to their podcast, Star Trek Next Generation, First Generation. Now, back to our episode here. We are doing X. What type of X's can we do? X-axes. X-axes. No, which one's the X-axes? <gasps> X's across and Y's up. No! <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's on Y's up. Y's up and then X's across. No, okay. cause you walk before you can, or you crawl before you climb the stairs, or you walk before you climb the stairs. What What's that got to do with X and Y? X, Y. You say X first and then Y. Okay, did not know that. Any other X's? X-Men. <coughs> X-Men. We have done the X-Men. We could have had X-Factor or X-Force. X-Ray Vision. Yes, Catherine, X-Ray Vision, excellent. In fact, Charlotte has got a list of things about X-Ray Vision, and we'll go through them one at a time. Okay, Charlotte, what is your first fact about X-ray vision? Since X-rays were discovered by accident by Wilhelm Rohan in 1895, the world has been gripped by X-rays. Yes, X-rays were, weren't invented because they've always been there. They were discovered. Okay, let's go for your number two. Like a good comic book origin, Rohan discovered X-rays by accident. Yeah, it was completely by accident. He was trying to look for something else. And like, he kind of tripped over them. And you think about all these, you know, superheroes who got their powers by accident. So you think about the Flash and his origin was a science experiment. This could have gone very differently. Ruheim could have been X-Ray Man. Next fact. X-Rays were first used for entertainment and you could get bone portraits done like a family photo. Yeah, imagine that going in and they don't have to say smile. That's just weird. Yeah, wait to hear the next fact. There was a handheld fluoroscope that you could use to hold up to your eye to see the effect of x-rays. So you could basically have this thing where you'd have x-rays going about the room and you hold this device up to your eyes, hold your hand in front of your head, look at uh, hand in front of it, look at your hand, bones in your hand, look at your friend's skull. Bet you that's not good for your eyes. It would be bad for your whole body. X-rays are radioactive and if you have too many x-rays it can be bad for your bones. When I was growing up, X, you, know, you could only have so many x-rays a year, and now they've you know, the science of x-rays is a lot better. I think it's only supposed to have... I don't know. It might just be me thinking this, but I think it's only supposed to have two x-rays like in your lifetime. Not, not in your lifetime. Oh, I thought it was to have no radiation at all. If you take a flight, it's seemingly like 100 x-rays. Because you're up further up in the atmosphere, so you get more radiation. Wow. I know. Okay, next point. The problem being that people were exposing themselves to a lot of radiation. Okay, we just covered that. Next point. That's not half old. In 1937, a pulp superhero called Olga Mesmer was the first to have extra vision. Yeah, it wasn't Superman was the first one. It was Olga Mesmer. She maybe had two years of stories in uh, pulp fiction and... 
Uh, I think she had super strength as well as x-ray vision, because x-ray vision by itself may not be that powerful. Superman is probably the most famous, but other Kryptonians such as Supergirl as well as the Martian Manhunter also have the ability. So, seemingly Martian Manhunter's ability to uh, with x-ray vision, he can see through lead, so his is better than Superman's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. In the TV series, is, has he got x-ray vision? I think so, because one time he... He was still disguised as Hank Henshaw, and like he hadn't been, he hadn't told anyone he was actually Martian, and he had defused a bomb. So I think he used X-ray vision to see it, and then stuck his hand in it without intangibility. Yeah, that. Okay, right. So there are there aren't actually that many superheroes with it. Anyway. Originally, Superman had vaguely defined vision. There's a story from June 1940 where Superman uses his telescopic X-ray vision. X-rays, X-rays can do everything in comics, such as other sciencey things like magnetism. Yeah, in comics, you know, Superman's vision was weird. In fact, his heat vision originated as X-ray heat vision or something like that. X-rays were these magic things that could do anything. If you read the early X-Men comics, Magneto's magnetism could do anything, including help him read minds. So there was a, a lot of things in comics that. Well, science was very not sciencey. You know, if you studied science through comic books, you wouldn't get past your first year science. Most of the vision powers, microscopic, telescopic, X-ray, see in the dark vision, uh, see things moving as super speed vision, see invisible things vision, etc., were developed in the early forties. Note that the lead weakness in in his X-ray vision didn't show up until the late forties. Yep. On uh, the lead weakness. Lead. Yeah, as I said, his his vision, I mean, if you read through that list of different types of vision, it basically anything you wanted Superman to do, he could do. So if you wanted him to see things fast, he could see things fast. If you wanted him to have telescopic vision or see-in-the-dark vision, you just wrote it in. His powers weren't as highly defined as they probably are now. In Superman number 57, July 1949, he melted a glacier with the tremendous heat of his X-ray vision. Yep. As I said, his X-ray vision mutated into, or split off into his laser, or his heat vision. So it started off as X-rays. His vision has been depicted in many ways, including layer vision and true X-ray vision. Yeah, um... We tend to think of X-ray vision as I can see what's inside the box, but true X-rays don't let you see what's inside the box. They let you see an X-ray of things inside the box. Uh, in early depictions of Superman, uh, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman on TV, they would show sort of layer vision where you'd layer... You know, if you were looking in a filing cabinet, you could see each piece of paper mm-hmm. and uh, layer it through. But then in uh, Smallville, which is another Superman TV series, they had it where it was true x-rays, where you saw skeletons of people mm-hmm. walking about, which would be more scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not used by ma- many superheroes because it's not dramatic. It is neither offensive or defensive. It's probably good for spying. Yeah, I mean, you can't sort of fight somebody with it or you can't sort of defend yourself with it. So it, it would be good if you were a spy spying on someone but apart from that i can't think of much other use well if you're looking for a safe 
What, what safe finder man? Well, you never know because Supergirl used it once because someone was hiding from her in a secret room and she knew it would be lined with lead. The worst per- Oh yes, that, I mean that, that's been done in superhero comics and Superman where the Joker uh, kidnapped Lois Lane and he sealed her in a lead box so Superman couldn't find her. So Superman looked for things he couldn't see through. Yeah. So, uh, probably got it from there. Okay, last fact. Very few Marvel heroes have the power. Possibly Dazzler, she can see various forms of light, and the sheer emperor hero, Gladiator. Yeah, Gladiator is basically a copy of Superman, but uh, from space, which Superman is from space, so let's forget about that bit. Dazzler can see various forms of light, so I you can speculate that she can... She has x-ray type vision, but I've never seen her use it. Maybe she has. I just haven't read everything she's in. As I say, it's not the most spectacular power, but it is a power that begins with X. Other people that have it are Strontium Dog from 2008, Johnny Alpha. It's not really x-rays. It's Strontium rays coming from his eyes, but he can still see through things. And it's shown as x-ray uh, type of stuff. Here's a question. Would you want to have it? Nah. Nah. Because there'd be all sorts of... It'd be good if you were like a nurse or something or a doctor because you would just go, you've broken that bone. That's actually a very good point. Would you not want to be able to read the answers to the test? That's cheating. Oh, yes. Because, yes, of course, I would never do that. What's the point? Of x-ray vision or... Looking for the test. So you pass the test, fine colours. You just go through the paper. Hmm. That's true. Well, if you can control it, like, if you can control it, whether you're going, right right now, whether you're going to go into straight, like, through, like, to, like, three miles away, or whether I'm just going to look through that door. The writing would be backwards anyway, so by the time you figure out, the test might be over, <laughs> and plus the teacher would see you looking at it. But they wouldn't know you had x-ray vision. Yeah, but then they'd just be like, what are you staring at? You're not looking at your tests. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, this is the part. Thought process. Anyway, that's X-Ray Vision. Uh, let's have a break and we'll come back and talk about a TV program from 25-ish years ago. Uh, where we'll go, we'll have a couple of promos and we'll be right back after these. See you in a minute. Bye. Bye. First appearance of Superman in 1938. Batman in 1939. Rock and Roll born with Elvis' first album in 1956. The modern sitcom created in 1944. The point being that pop culture in all its forms was born during the 20th century. I'm Scott Weatherly and please come and join me on 20th Century Geek, a journey through the common and not so common elements of pop and geek culture. Every week I alternate between a blog and a podcast as I look at something different using roundtable discussions, interviews, reviews, and some general rambling. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher, or visit our website, 20thCenturyGeek.com. 20th Century Geek, the blog and podcast that meets your history and geeky needs. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen. And I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. 
Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in 4 minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the quarter bin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast on iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. And we're back. We're back. In September 1994, on Monday night, the BBC broadcast a pilot episode of a new American series. X-Files was billed as a true story from the FBI case files. I sat transfixed as we were introduced to new concepts and characters. The Federal Bureau of Investigation and American agencies that did, well, cop-type stuff, had a department that was dedicated to investigating weird, unexplained things that happened around America. And you'd think that this would take up most of the FBI's time, but no. Only one agent worked in the basement office, Fox Mulder. Fox Mulder was a human, not a fox, who believed in all this alien stuff. He was paired with a no-nonsense agent, Dana Scully, who no matter what would not believe in the alien stuff. Instead, always finding a rational explanation for being abducted by aliens and meeting weird, stretchy people. Together, over nine seasons between 1993 and 2002, the series would come to no conclusion as to what was really going on. It was a conspiracy show, with a long subplot of aliens colonising Earth, a cigarette smoking man and the government cover-ups, as well as Monster of the Week episodes. This was must-watch viewing for me, for a few years anyway. I drifted away from it after the third season because other things became more important on a Monday night. The series had two movies uh, in the cinema, and then a revival of the series in 2016. I did watch that first uh, season of the revival, but I wasn't excited enough to watch the second of the new series. Now, before we started this podcast, I let you two watch a bit of an episode that was the third episode of the first season, Stretch with Eugene Toombs as a mutant who uh, basically was trying to kill Dana Scully. What did you think? Just weird. It was weird. It was weird. At the time, it was weird. That's why we don't have any vents in our house. We don't have any vents in our house because he was stretching through vents because, well... I've never actually lived in the house with Vince. I don't really get who, how he was stretchy. He uh, was a mutation in his uh, body and he was able to dislodge like, different bits. He didn't really seem stretchy, he just seemed like he could fit in tiny spaces. Is that more because of the special effects weren't as good as they are now? Probably. In fact, now you probably see him actually stretch uh, a, a lot more. But I, it, it's it's interesting watching back on it. I did get bored with the whole series because it was first billed as these were real FBI files. And then by the time you got to the third episode, well, you realised there weren't actually stretchy people uh, about. Now, one of the things it was heavily into was conspiracy theories. Conspiracies are planned by a group to do something unlawful or harmful or an action of 
or a plot into something. There have been some very famous conspiracy theories. Most of them are rubbish. Most of them are for 9-11, to be honest. After 9-11, lots of conspiracy theories came out. Aren't there ones about, like, Mona Lisa and stuff? Uh, they're probably, they're ones about anything. What The big ones at the moment are, like, 9-11, the, the, the Flat Earth conspiracy. So a conspiracy is sort of like what could have happened or what? No, it's people think it, this is what happened and people are deceiving us, making us think it didn't happen. At the moment, there's people who think the Earth is flat. And they think NASA, along with the United States government and other governments around the world, are making us think the Earth is a ball. Why, I don't know. Why they think that, I don't know. But they're convinced that every photograph has been photoshopped to make the Earth look like a ball, and we couldn't possibly live on a planet like that. So they're convinced people are conspiring against us to make us think the Earth is, uh, is round. Like, say you drop your phone and it shatters. Like, a conspiracy for that could be, like, she dropped her phone for a reason. She dropped her phone because, like, she got, like, I mean, something on it. And, like, she saw something bad or something. Yeah, there's no evidence for that, but people would think that. Or she dropped her phone just to get a new one. Yeah, and you could have just dropped your phone back. Yeah. I also like people thinking of reasons for things. Yeah, and usually people behind it. And the problem with conspiracy, conspiracy theories is if you really believe them, there's no evidence to make you not believe them. But there's also no evidence to make you believe them in the first place. But if you really believe nobody landed on the moon, no matter what anybody says, shows you, or gives you, you will never believe otherwise. Because you have got in your head... Same with flat earth people. There's so much evidence that the earth is not flat. And they seem to hold on to these one or two things that they think uh, explains it. One of the things when I let you watch a bit of X-Files was we got the end music and immediately you both recognised the music even though you didn't know where it was from. So where did you recognise the music from? YouTube. So what what type of thing was it on YouTube? It's like, it's just people in videos like have it randomly in there. Uh, Probably when there's a mystery uh, or or something like that in the video. Like, how does the music go? do 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 (laughs) and that is quite creepy music when I was watching X-Files at the beginning it was quite a creepy show have you got a creepy show that you li- that you watch at the moment something that makes you go oh a wee bit well some people would say Doctor Who could be Doctor Who, yeah, because there's creepy bits in it. I don't find it that scary. That's because you're immersed in the whole Doctor Who world. When I was young, I did hide behind, wasn't the sofa, but I hid behind the door when the Doctor Who music was on. Because it was, I mean, you listen to the older ones, it was a wee bit more creepy. We are not really into horror as a family. Um, I am fascinated by the whole zombie thing. I don't watch anything, but I did, uh, about zombies, but I did watch, um, what was it called? Z Nation, which was a zombie thing. It was quite. It was a comedy as well. But I did turn over or fast forward through the zombie attacks because quite often in these things, it starts off as being about zombies, but then it's really about humans interacting with people. Day of the Triffids is really a zombie thing, a zombie story. I don't really mind horror movies. Just never really watched that many. Right. So I know Charlotte. You don't like horror. Mm-mm. 
No. Which is fine. You don't have to. It's about I'm more of a Disney kind of gal. <laughs> Disney horror. Da da da. No. The beast who no. kidnapped the girl. No. Where, okay. Where Rapunzel's hair gets cut, she turns into a zombie. That's a bit randomly weird. Yeah. Okay. You could end up writing a lot of this stuff. Don't uh, show me any of it. Don't ruin Disney. Yeah. Don't don't ruin Disney for her. <laughs> Disney will ruin itself. Dun, dun, dun. Disney's the best. Okay. Disney's all fun and happiness, and there's no sad things, and no problems, and no stress, and no school, because there must be no school to be no stress. Yeah, when we try to make up stories, she always has to make it happy. That's true. Yeah, because you have to be positive in life if you're going to get anywhere. Okay, Tinkerbell. Next time on an all-new episode, we are n- we're gonna forgo the alphabet again. Just we're trying to string this alphabet out as long as we can. Next month being March, we're going to go all St. Patrick's Day. We're we're going to go Irish, and we're going to talk about uh, Irishness in geek culture. What about most Irish films? Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Okay. Don't mimic leprechauns or something. Well, Begora to that. Can I just say, if you ever come over here, never attempt an Irish accent, because you will just make fun of people and humiliate people so much. Well, to be sure. To be honest, we already do that ourselves, so... Well, we have gone through episodes where you've tried different accents. Go on, do do your American accent. I can't do an American accent. We knew that. So, where if you, as our general listener, would like to ask us any questions about, well, living in Ireland, living in this emerald island, that of, everyone always thinks is so exotic when they get when they see stuff. It's like, oh, it's from Ireland. It's like, yeah. So next month, come with your green hat on, and we'll do our, an Irish episode, and we'll talk about uh, our favourite top three Irish things in various geeky categories. We'll see you next month. So, bye, bye. And remember, folks, the truth is out there.